it's a chicken and the egg a little bit, right? We're creating wealth to create time freedom, right? Having a lot of money means that we can buy back our time and do the things that we want to do. But at the same time, building wealth needs time. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to find time to be able to build wealth. So how do you do that, right? And uh, so that's why we figured out, um, you know, what works for us. And you should, you, have, you need to figure out what works for you. Hey there, we're here to put you on the path to a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. I'm Palak. And this is Nidhi. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you here. Who in the world has time to build wealth? That is the topic for today. That's a very interesting topic. <laughs> yeah, we have such busy lives. A lot of us have W-2 jobs. We have young kids, aging parents, and so many distractions, right? Social media, and there's just so much to do. And of course, we have to find time to have fun right. with our friends and family. And where do you, do people find the time to build wealth? That's what we're going to cover today. And it's a really interesting topic because no matter what level you're at, whether you have just started investing, whether you have quit your job and you're a full-time investor, whether you feel like you have achieved financial freedom, it's very easy to get trapped into this whole concept of I don't have time. Our, you know, social media really loves to glorify busyness. And it's so easy to get sucked into it, especially when you have small children. You can really just feel like you're drowning all the time if you're not careful. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and we're going to share three hacks that we've used to overcome the time constraint that all of us have. So we're going to talk about those three hacks. I want to start with a small but profound, powerful mindset shift. And when I personally, when I had this shift, I started looking at life differently. It wasn't just about investing. So for the longest time, I always thought that it was a race for me to work really hard and achieve financial freedom really fast, right? And then then we achieved financial freedom and I still kept feeling the same way. And when I still kept feeling the same way, I realized that it had nothing to do with what I was after. It has something to do with how I perceived life. And so I started thinking about this more and more and I realized that something that I had missed was, and now we talk about this in our program a lot because it's so important. It completely changes your perspective on how you look at wealth building. Wealth building is a privilege. Wealth building is a privilege. If you think about majority of this world, majority of the people in this world are working really hard just to make ends meet, right? When you realize that, and when you go about your day knowing that, when you go about your day knowing that the the fact that you're actually working on building wealth as opposed to just working on making ends meet if you're not worried about how you're going to put food on the table this evening and that's not your primary objective right now as you go about your daily life. We're privileged people. We're fortunate. We are privileged that we get to think about building wealth and that's what we're working towards. And now I have to do becomes I get to do. Right, Whatever you're working on, building wealth, raising children, having beautiful homes that you have to maintain, having loads of laundry, having you know all of those things. Now, instead of looking at them as I have to do this, it becomes 
well, I get to take care of my family. I get to live in, live in this beautiful home that I'm living in. I get to build wealth. I get to build generational wealth for my family. Think about it for a second. If that's not privilege, I don't know what is. So when I started shifting my mindset and started looking at it, my life was filled with gratitude. And going about my day with gratitude allowed me to feel positive on a daily basis. And at the end of the day, that's what we're doing all this for, right? To feel good yeah. as we go about our lives. So wanted to give you this mindset shift as well that we've had, and that's really helped us with our journey. I love what you said about earning wealth and the process of accumulating wealth is uh, is a blessing, right? right. It's, that's, that's amazing that we're all in a position to do that. The other thing that happens is that uh, it, it's a chicken and the egg a little bit, right? We're creating wealth to create time freedom, right? Having a lot of money means that we can buy back our time and do the things that we want to do. But at the same time, building wealth needs time. <laughs> so right. you need to find time to be able to build wealth. So how do you do that, right? And uh, so that's why we figured out, um, you know, what works for us. And you should, you have, you need to figure out what works for you. But we're going to talk about three concrete steps that we've taken that have really freed up our time. And that you can implement today. Yes. So the first one is focus on systems and processes. And we've used this term, this phrase, systems and processes so much. It's not just within real estate investing. We actually believe in it so much. We also use it in our personal lives. I had that light bulb moment about systems and processes is I started comparing how rich people and people like us, when we first got started, middle-class people, how we viewed our day-to-day -day lives, not, not related to work, not related to the business. When I started reading up about it, when I started really getting curious about what the difference was, I realized that people who are very successful at running smooth lives, personal lives, always had systems and processes in mind. They always kept track of, hey, this worked. Now we're going to do this again and again. Let's put that in place and let's repeat that. Whereas people who are not very successful at living their personal lives, who were kind of, kind of looked like they were winging it all the time, and I guess one of them, right? Be we, we always kind of took things as they came. We always tackled the day depending on how the day arrived. <laughs> we, we always decided to do based on what was in front of us. We always played defense. And what I noticed was successful people were playing offense, even in their personal lives. And I'll give you some examples. So think about everything that you're doing on a daily basis that is repeatable. For example... Um, we are all probably helping our kids pick out their outfits in the morning. You're picking out your own outfits in the morning. We're probably, all of us, figuring out what are we going to eat for lunch? What are the kids going to eat for breakfast? What are we doing for dinner? Who's buying groceries? Right? These are all the things, almost everyone's doing that. But when you look at really successful people, uh, they have put processes in place. So if you look at people like Mark Zuckerberg, he wears the same thing every day. That doesn't mean he's wearing the same set of clothes. He has probably has 50 of the same thing, but he takes the decision-making out of it. And so how do you implement all of those things in your personal life as well? 
So for example, if a big stressor for your family is helping your kids pick out clothes first thing in the morning, can you, on a, on a Sunday evening, can you make a plan for the week and pick out five outfits for the week? If you have an issue with figuring out what's for dinner, what do we make? Do we have the ingredients? Are we ordering in? Are we, if you have that issue, start making a meal plan. And I, I learned this from a life coach. The first thing she asked was, are you meal planning? And I was like, what's that? We just decide whatever we want to eat every day. And then we started planning for meals and we realized that it took so much guesswork out of the picture and it took so much effort out of the picture because you could build processes, again, around, around this, right? So build systems and processes in your personal life. Do you have any other examples for... You know, one thing that really worked for us even during COVID and we are sort of re-implementing it now because it's summer and the kids are just going to be home a lot. Uh, so what we did was we have a big whiteboard that we use in our house. It's for business strategy, for personal life, for everything. That's like our whiteboard. It's It's got like wheels on it. We wheel it around everywhere in the house. It's like my favorite thing. It's his favorite thing. If there was ever a fire, could, yeah. that's probably what you would take with you. Yeah, I, I want to buy three more of those. So we, uh, you know, what we did in COVID was with kids, because they were home all the time and we had to structure the day, we brought them in and we said, hey, look, let's use the whiteboard and uh, ask them to draw pictures to do different things and activities during the day. And they sort of did that from, you know, morning to afternoon to evening, what a day would look like. They drew pictures and, and sort of designed their day yeah. in a way. And of course, with our input to make sure they're not getting too much screens and all that. <laughs> but the fact that they were involved in the process of designing their day meant that they actually stuck to it yeah. because we already had their buy-in, right. right? And so they would look at that board every day. It's like, hey, what time is it? Okay, now I'm supposed to do this. And you know, that's another great way that we're doing that again this summer is we've asked them to, hey, let's come up with what your day is going to look like once you come back from camp. What are the activities that you're going to do? when the playdates are going to happen, all that is designed and, you know, it's done planned. for the rest of the summer. It's planned. And so they feel like they are a part of the process. They, like you said, we have their buy-in and they are more willing to follow it. So uh, during COVID, the reason we had to draw pictures is because neither of our kids could read and write. Yeah. Our daughter was just learning how to read and write at that time. And so the pictures really helped them keep track of it. They couldn't look at the time, but they would ask us like, hey, what time is it? Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, a few days ago, I sat down with the kids and we made a plan for the summer. And summer's a quarter. It's three months long, approximately. So we sat down and I said, listen, here are a bunch of options for summer camps that we've come up with. Uh, let's sit down and figure out what do you really want to do? Do you want to do tennis or do you want to do art? Do you want to do sports or do you want to do music? And we lined up all different kinds of activities throughout summer and made a whole plan, plan for all three months with their buy-in. Yeah. Of course, we are the parents, so we're going to keep track of what's good for them, what's not good for them and have the boundaries around it. But within those boundaries, we made a plan with them. And, you know, the way I would do this process is to figure out what's the most stressful thing in your life right now right. For on a personal side, right? Whether it's uh, cooking or cleaning or whatever that is, figure out, solve that one problem, get everybody in the house involved, 
because if it's just you alone doing it, it's going to be hard to keep up with it, right? If everybody does it, you, you know, you, you set up systems and, and, you know, something like a process around it that just eliminates or at least reduces that, that one stress. So start with like the top two or three things that are the most painful for you every day. And I'm telling you just that, the, the, the feeling that you now don't have to worry about the three things or two or three things that are the most cumbersome and, you know, frustrating now you found the energy, not just the time, but the energy that you can spend on building wealth. Right. And decision fatigue is real. That's why you'll notice that if all day you've had to make a lot of decisions in the in the evening when it's dinner time, you'll be like, you know what? I can't even think about what's in the fridge and figure out what we're going to eat. We're going to order in because I just can't make any more decisions. Right. That's decision fatigue. So if you're finding that by the end of the day you're really fatigued and you're, you know, just can't make any more decisions, that's because there are way too many decisions that you're making on a daily basis. And your job is to remove as many decisions as possible out of that. And that truly gives you back so much mental energy. Absolutely. So that was number one. <laughs> Second one is calendar blocking. And I heard for the longest time I heard, so many people talk about calendar blocking and I was like, yeah, 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 I get it. Calendar blocking. But then I don't even do what's on the calendar. So wh why am I not doing that? And it wasn't until I figured out how to accurately do calendar blocking in a way that worked that things shifted. And that was my understanding. There was this story, right? That professor, do you want to, do you want to talk about the story of the professor with the rocks and the yeah, so, you know, there's this, I don't know if you've seen this video, it's been circling around uh, on the internet. Uh, the professor has this uh, glass jar that he brings uh, to the class, right? And he puts in these big rocks in first. And, you know, it, he fills it all the way to the top. And he asks the class, is the jar full? And everybody's like, everybody's like yes, it's full because, you know, all the, the rocks are covering up the, the glass jar. So like, all right, wait a minute. So he takes out another uh, little box and he puts in smaller pebbles and the pebbles sort of find their way into all the crevices in the jar and fill it up. And then he asks the class again, is the jar full now? And everybody's like, yeah, it is full now. He's like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> then he takes out another box with sand in it and he pours it in the jar and now sand just goes everywhere and still fills up um, now literally there's, there's no space. Right. And, and that is, that is it. Like figuring out in your life, what are the rocks, what are the pebbles and what are the sands? If you put in the sand in first, there's going to be no place for the rocks, but the rocks have to go in first. And so what's, what are rocks for you? What are the key things that you find to be the most important? Spending time with family, building wealth, making an income. Personal care, self-care, health, right? All of these are your rocks. So calendar blocking, when you combine that with putting in those big chunks first, blocking your calendar for things that are the most important first, and then figuring out, okay, what are my free time slots to do activities that are related to pebbles and sands, not, not related to the rocks, now you understand how much time you have and how you can use it most effectively. You know, and this is an example that when I had a 
busy W2 job, right? I was in corporate, I was climbing the corporate ladder, I was in a leadership position, and I used time blocking at work to say, hey, lunch from 12 to 1, everybody's, all my colleagues used to go out to grab lunch at a restaurant. I used to be, I used to spend that one hour on researching, finding deals, looking at real estate. Every day, one hour, that's literally it. And then in the evenings, uh, after we put the kids to bed, at that time our kids were two years and two months old, we had a new, you know, newborn. And same thing after we put them to bed, we had like every like hour that we got or half hour that we got, we were both working on real estate. Yes. And so it's really about finding a time that consistently works for you, right? And for you, it may be once a week or twice a week or once in the weekend, but you got to figure out what that time is and put it on your calendar. Yes. Because remember, building wealth is a rock in your life. It's one of the most important things that you'll do for yourself. Yes. And so... Put that on your calendar and stick to it. Right. And one of the mistakes that we made that I would highly recommend that you don't make, and this is why we're very open about it and we always talk about it. One of the mistakes that we made was we did all of this when our kids were little and we were sleep deprived and we really uh, compromised on self-care. Yes. We were not sleeping and I was not sleeping enough. You were not taking care of your health. And it wasn't until we made it something that was a rock in that jar, a rock in the calendar. It wasn't until we made it top priority that it really started becoming a big piece of our lives. So please, if you're following this path, schedule time for self-care. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you exercising? Because our body is also an asset, just like all these other assets we're creating through real estate. Take care of your assets. And, you know, one of the other things that I would say is do this exercise if you're a couple, like do this exercise for yourself together as a couple, because for, for example, if Pollock has health goals that she wants to meet for the next quarter, I'd be like, let's prioritize that. And whatever time she needs during the day, I'd be like, all right, I'll be with the kids or I'll do whatever else needs to get done to pick up, you know, um, to make sure she has the time to be able to do that. And she'll do the same, same thing for me. And so really coming up with your goals and sharing those goals and, uh, you know, making each other accountable for the other person to yeah. meet their goals, that's very powerful. Um, yeah, love that. And finally, number three, the third hack that we're going to share is, you know, really knowing what your goals are and keep reminding yourself of the goals because what happens is that we come up with a goal and then life gets in the way and then everything just gets sidetracked. So whatever your wealth goals are, you need to keep reminding yourself what worked for us. Actually, we used to write those down on a piece of paper every morning, just even if it's like write it down two or three times, even if it's something like, uh, you know, I have achieved financial freedom. I have X number of assets that gives me the time and location location freedom. And it's very important to write them in present tense as yes. if it's already happened. Yes, because right? you want, you know, it's all about empowering yourself. It's truly believing that you can do it and writing down your goals. 
and even talking to them. So we used to constantly be talking about it. When every chance we got in the evening, we're like, oh, look, it's going to be so amazing when we do this, this, and this. Let's stay on track. We're doing great. And there might be days when you don't make a lot of progress, and that's okay. It's okay. But it's important to get back on the saddle, right? Yeah. You may have a week that you're traveling and you don't get enough done for your wealth, and that's all right. Get or back gets, on it. Or someone gets sick, Yeah. right? When your kids are little, somebody's always sick. If somebody gets sick, hey, just give yourself some grace. And get back on it. Yeah, and enjoy the process. So you know, so those are those are the three uh, tips that we shared today. Just to quickly recap, number one is you know focusing on creating the systems and processes that you need for your personal life that really create the room in your life to be able to build wealth. Uh, number two is um, you know remembering calendar blocking, but specifically putting in the rocks in your life, the more important things like your health creating wealth and your family. Those are the top three things that you need to be prioritizing on your calendar. Put it on your calendar. Stick to your calendar. Palak and I live and die by our calendar. If it's Absolutely. on the calendar, it is happening. And if it's not on the calendar, I don't care how important it is. We're, it's not happening. It's not happening, <laughs> no matter how urgent it seems. Yeah, so so remember, the calendar is super, super important. And then finally, uh, just reminding yourself what your goals are day in, day out staying on top of it, reminding each other, keeping each other accountable. And I want to leave you with a short story. So when I had a job, I would always get to meetings on time, always on top of deadlines, always, I was always where I was supposed to be. But one day my boss asked me, he's like, you know, you're always here on time, you're on meetings on time, you're um, meeting all your deadlines but you're constantly rescheduling your dentist appointment and your doctor's appointments. And what's up with that? And I said, well, I'm an obliger. If I commit something to someone else, it's happening. But if I commit something to myself, I'm only letting myself down, right? And that's easy. I'm going to do that over and over again, just so I don't let anybody else down. You have to really understand your personality to get things done. If you're an obliger, you need somebody who's going to hold you accountable. And so that's what I needed to be able to achieve my goals. To When, when it came to health, I was, I was getting five to six hours sleep every night. And I couldn't figure out how to get out of that. I had a health coach. And she held me accountable. I hired someone who would call me every single day. And I sleep a good seven, eight hours every night now. It feels so good. I feel like a human being. Anyone who's had lack of sleep understands the difference. But really, I needed someone to hold me accountable. So if you're an obliger, you need to find a way to hold yourself accountable through somebody else. Figure out how your personality is. And how you can work around that to meet your goals, right? Yeah. We're all different. And there is different ways of achieving what we need to achieve based yeah. on our own personalities. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Right? Don't be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> Nothing can be done in isolation. What What is it? Transformation? There no, there's no transformation in isolation, yeah. right? And it's, so, um, so don't isolate yourself. Yeah. All right, so hope you enjoyed that episode. We're excited to tell you that we have a new book that just came out with Bigger Pockets. It's called Accelerate Your Real Estate. We get deep into our scale framework, all of the things that we've used to grow our portfolio. Um, and there is an amazing 10% off coupon. If you go on our website, you can go to openspaceswomen.com forward slash book and you can get the 10% off coupon. So you can get that book 
And, you know, Alex Hormozzi gives this tip where he says that if you buy the audio and the ebook version, you can read the book while you're listening to the audiobook. So highly recommend that. And it's sold over a thousand copies in just the first few days. So we're super excited. Yeah, we're really excited. So go get the book, go get your hands on it, and we'll see you in the next episode. Don't forget, when you're ready to get serious, you can join us at theinvestoraccelerator.com. It's like getting a thousand episodes worth of information in five days, and it's everything you need to build your actionable plan to financial freedom and making work optional.